1: Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you
0: baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Uh, exhausted John Manuel and J.J. Cooper, exhausted and exhilarated. A couple of, I'm, still, uh, I'm still running on adrenaline. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I'm ready to go to sleep. But man, what a World Series and what a Game 7. And uh, we've had a couple of great Game 7s the last three years, J.J., that Royals-Giants game a couple years ago. Epic. Epic epic performance by Madison Bumgarner. The Alex G- uh, Gordon single-triple that, you know, the tying run 90 feet away. That was a great game, a tight game. But Game 7 of the 2016 World Series, to me, J.J., is going to go down historically as one of the all-time great baseball games, an 8-7 Cubs win. And it's also going to go right alongside, I think, like a Game 6, 1975 as a game. in this series... Uh, is going to go alongside that seventy-five World Series. Now, I grew up, not, not we, you grew up closer to Major League Baseball than I did, but neither one of us. Grew up going to a lot of Major League Baseball games. But I grew about up re- one every
0: two years. Yeah,
1: you. I grew up. The game that really, the, the book that really made me want to be a sports writer was Peter Gammons' "Beyond the Sixth Game." And one of the things about that book was it talked about how the sixth Game of the seventy-five World Series and that World Series. First, he focused on the Red Sox, but also how. How baseball changed after that, and one of the things is that with free agency and all that kind of stuff. But that World Series also begat a new a new generation of baseball fans. Really, for the next 20 years until the '94 strike, that game really kickstarted a, a better baseball era after some some downtimes for the sport. And I feel like this this series and that game last night are going to create a lot of fans. For another generation, not just the Cubs are going to become a dynasty. They're, this is not going to be the only World Series they win. I'm confident it won't be 108 years till the next one. I don't know how many they're going to win, but I do one think one or
0: two or three. Right.
1: They, I mean, we've we've seen two little mini dynasties of late with the Red Sox winning three from 04 to 2013. That's not really a dynasty, but three in nine years, and then the Giants three in five years. I think mean, the Cubs. That's a dynasty if you win mean three and five. I think so too, and I think mean, especially with Posey and Bumgarner being constants in that. I think the Cubs are going to have some constants in this same mix, JJ, and uh, so this is the end yeah, I think of Chris that Bryan curse. Will be
0: around for Anthony Rizzo. I mean, this Addison yeah. Russell. We just keep going. So the but, end
1: of the end of one curse. Uh, I don't feel like the Indians are cursed, but a very tough loss for the Indians. But a hell of a World Series. I think the big winner was baseball. No, I do. I mean,
0: this is an anecdotal thing. Obviously, it's it means nothing. But when you talk about a next generation of fans, this is the first. You know, I, I've my fourth grader asked to stay up later so she could watch some of it. Obviously, she did not make it till uh, <laughs> till one in the morning or whatever it was Eastern time. But and the first thing she asked when she woke up was who won the game. Now that's that's new for me. That's new for you know for her to ask that. That was that was cool. She has friends who were like you know they're going to talk about the game today. Yeah. That's something that's new. And that game was I don't know what else we were joking about it before we started this podcast. The rain delay, the mini rain delay there before the 10th. I actually had preferred that. I needed a couple of minutes to kind of go you know, yeah, seriously. Okay, now let's go again. I mean, it wasn't it was 12:15 at night or whatever and it's like, no, I I want this I don't I want this little break to just because the seventh, eighth, ninth were so amazing, were so tense. And we're that's tense, tense. And that's tense where neither you nor I had anything, you know, neither of us were living and dying because we wanted a certain team to win. I, again, if you're a Cubs fan no or you're an in Indians fan here. or, you know, our friends who work in both, uh, you know, front offices or work, you know, at, at
1: coach, all you know, scouts, all that. I don't want to imagine what it's like for that, but... I I cannot imagine. I cannot fathom that level of tension because you help, especially if you're a scout who signed players on that team or if you're the analytics department or whatever, if you work and there's 180 guys that the men and women, I'm going to guess, at the Cubs paraded out on Game 3, on the Wrigley Field warning track, and they paraded from one end to the other, so they were on the field and were acknowledged by the organization. If you're one of those people, and you help put this big league team together in some small way, or some large way, like Theo Epstein, (laughs) I can't imagine where you have such influence over the roster, and such such influence and such investment, but then during the game you're powerless. That feeling would be so hard. Um... And to see Theo watch it, the cutaway, several cutaways during the game with his wife and, and son, that was wild. I mean, I just can't imagine the feelings. And he contained himself pretty well. And I love what he said to MLB Network. I watched one of the post-game interviews where he said, Jed's in charge, I'm going on a bender, maybe I'll see it at the winter meeting, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, you know what, that's that's perspective in a good way. I uh, could go Tim Meadows with it, I could go Spinal Tap with that word perspective, but I mean, uh, he has perspective enjoy it because man that work that had to go in was but that game was so full of attention so It's always just such a great game jj it was just, it was a good series well, but the one thing that it had lacked really so there were good games it lacked the classic game we got last, a classic game last now night.
0: this is the thing i wanted to spring on you in this podcast is spring it i do think you mentioned 70 you know the 75 series and i do think that is you know that's obviously an all-time series that's a, you, especially that had everything because you had the Red Sox trying to end yeah. decades of futility against one of the all-time great teams. Right. That's a great combo. And I think this one may have it because I think we may be able to look back and not, say not that Not just this,
1: that, but also the Reds trying to get over the hump. Yeah, the Reds right. hadn't won a World right. Series – at that time, since I think 1919? Is that correct? I think it was. They I, don't have, I don't think the Reds have won one for a very I, long time. But you're right, because they didn't win 59. They
0: may, you know, they...
1: But uh, That was uh, the... The, the uh, Go-Go Sox. Uh, yeah, I don't remember who they lost, but I don't think it was the Reds. But we'll, uh, we'll look it up. But, um, but
0: I do think that this Cubs team, when it's all said and done, could end up being one of the all-time great teams.
1: Yes, I would and agree. And so
0: you have a team ending futility, all-time great team, and... All-time great game because right. it's a game seven that win extra innings that had a team coming back from a seemingly near
1: insurmountable lead in the eighth. The Reds had won in 1940 40. and in 1919. Yeah. But so, yes, it, I actually had a friend text me this morning about the Indians and and saying that they choked because they were down three games to one and the, because they were up three one games to one and didn't finish it off. And I'm like, there's no, I can't think of one play. Or one pitch where the, the Indians Cubs. choked. The, Cubs, the Cubs, Cubs were the team, in my mind, in the first four games that was playing tight, and that was if anyone could be said to be choking, it was the Cubs, especially their offense. But uh, the Indians did not choke. The Cubs had to beat them, and the Indians, like with one last breath, I ah. stab at thee, you know. And
0: even in the tenth,
1: yes, even in the tenth after, you know,
0: they did it. They got it back, and then. Okay, then the Cubs take the lead again. They're like, no, 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 we're not done. And then it's like, oh, oh we, Martinez we, Michael is Martinez kidding. is up. And you're like, and really are. You're thinking at that point, it's like, there is no good scenario for this for them.
1: That was about the best outcome you could expect from Michael Martinez in some ways, realistically. I know he's just facing right. Mike you're Montgomery, which is a whole other story. Ah. But um, <laughs> he made contact, and he also made weak contact, which in a way, for, so for the, him, is like, also, okay, that was a tough play. Right. So. There's so much to unpack out of it. I know but, you were going in one direction. But it's what I was going to
0: throw out, yeah. though, is just that I do think, and I may have even said this before because I thought this before this year, but when we talk about when is the best time of baseball, and it's easy to kind of look back and go, I, I know we grew up, you know, we are the we are the children of baby boomers. We're Gen Xers, the children of baby boomers. And there's always been this nostalgic glow, and there's been a thousand. And I do literally mean thousands of books written about how great baseball was in the 50s when it was Mantle and Mays and all that and the thing about it is but the thing about it is is that i do think that this last 15 years for the there and there are problems with baseball and all that but i do believe that we the 21st century baseball what we've gotten to witness is the best baseball's ever had and i say that for one because completely agree when you talk about the 50s yeah if you live in if you lived in new york Absolutely, the '50s was the greatest era of baseball because. How can you, you
1: complain? You had Mays, Mantle, Willie, Mickey, and the
0: Duke, and and they and they won. It was the Yankees winning all the series, and if it wasn't, it was the Dod. You had the Dodgers, and you had the Giants. Yeah, but Jackie if you Robinson, lived, yeah, Monty, a right, great player. But if you lived anywhere else at that time,
1: yeah, if you lived in Philadelphia, or if you lived anywhere any, south, anywhere to the southeast outside of basically anywhere southeast of Philadelphia you were pretty much excluded, unless you were in the Midwest. I mean, the only southern, quote-unquote, and western cities were D.C. and St. Louis. And the thing about this is baseball,
0: but again, all of the power was in New York. Right. So even if you were in a city that had Major League Baseball, it was kind of like, eh, I mean. Right. Okay, we're
1: going to get pounded by the New York teams. All you can say about how that was not the golden age is that 22,000 people were there when Roger Maris hit home run number 61. I mean that. If that doesn't define how that was not the golden age, nothing else does for you. If but, you can't, if you can't, if you can't accept that that was not the golden age, twenty two thousand people in a sixty thousand seat stadium when the guys chasing Ruth give me a break, golden but age. But you look at it now, and you
0: say, okay, in the last fifteen years, we have seen one all time franchise because the Red Sox are, I mean, have fans yes. everywhere. Yes, and you had, if you were writing a script them losing it in 03 <laughs> is kind of like it makes it it makes it a better story right so you had 03 then you had the red sox coming back from seemingly dead to win it in 04 not dead yet and then <laughs> you've seen them to seen them win it now multiple times you've had so that's an amazing
1: story you've had a transformation of a sad sack franchise you know lovable losers are not lovable for some people into, uh, you know, almost a... They've almost become what all their fans used to resent. They've almost become this evil empire. They're a big market bully. But you have that. The Cubs could make that similar transition. You have the Cubs doing this. You have the
0: Royals. Yes. You have a team that basically, if you were a Royals fan for 20 years, it was... (laughs) Just marked by sadness, futility, and, and anger. pain. And, I think and an anger. An, and anger. And anger.
1: I always loved that. I, I don't remember if it was Rainey or Rob or Poznansky. Obviously, Rob, Rob Nyer and Rainey, uh, I don't know how to pronounce Jasmine it. Rainey's Nier, last, yeah. name, last name. I apologize, Rainey. But those guys had that blog about the, the Royals. And they were just offended, and rightly so, that their franchise, they grew up uh, rooting for... Which was a model for, franchise. And, that, that's what they, and that's one of the things, as they, as they became adults... They realized, wow, this franchise, it wasn't luck. They won because they did things the right way. They did it right. They were a smart, hard-playing you know, uh, organization, forward-thinking, progressive organization. And then they became the dumbest organization for a long time. And it offended them, and it should have. So you've seen that transformation. Or, again, the Giants. I think it's just underrated for those of us on the East Coast. Uh, The Giants had Mays and Bonds and never won. In San Francisco, I know Mays won in New York in 1954, yeah. but they never won in San Francisco, but Covey, Marichal, Gaylord Perry, they had stinking awesome players and and never won. And, and, they, and, get, and they had literally the greatest, when you,
0: I you, know, performance in hand, but they had the greatest player that almost... Two any, guys who made the argument of best player ever. But, right, <laughs> they had the greatest player that almost anyone listening to this podcast has ever seen play. Like, Correct. I mean, because if you are someone... You have however to, he did it, right. However he did it. But he if you it. are talking about anyone who is not in their 60s or older, yeah, Bonds is the best. Bonds had seasons that are beyond anything that we've. been I mean, in really,
1: non Mantle division. Seriously, who else is in the discussion in integrated baseball for best player of integration era Major League oh, Baseball but, the besides is, Mays and Bonds?
0: But the funny thing about it is Mantle, it, and that's it. But, really. but that's but really, and if you really talk about it. I mean, Williams, all the, Williams. Yes, Ted Williams. Okay, but really, if you talk about it, Bonds, Bonds was, <laughs> but Bonds was Babe, Bonds was right. seeing Babe Ruth, who was, dude,
1: who was thirteen the last time the Cubs won a World Series. Right.
0: <laughs> you know. So the but I'm saying this is such we are living in, but we're not living also an amazing era in another ways which we often can take for granted, because nowadays, I mean, we. Again, I don't want to sound old, but we grew up in a time where we were fortunate. We grew up in a time where there were superstations. And so right. you could watch Cubs games and Braves games right. and the game of the week. And then it became like, hey, you can in the morning, you can see highlights on ESPN. That's right. This is great. Because I, when we were kids, younger kids, that didn't exist. You, you, The newspaper box score was literally the only way to know. Great moment, place. moment of
1: silence for the death of the newspaper right. box score, by but, the way.
0: but. Great plays you didn't see them.
1: Maybe you saw right. it on this week in baseball. Bump, bump, da da dum. That was it. I wish we'd seen a little Twib notes last yeah. night during the during the uh, rain delay.
0: <laughs> but you go from that to now. I can watch any game. Um, thankfully, we don't live in Iowa, so right. we don't have half of the half of the teams blacked out. But you can watch almost any game wherever you are, non-Iowa division, live. You know and. For around, around all of baseball. And we can now follow, you know, oh, wait, so Otani had a great outing last night? Okay, great. I want to watch every pitch, every strikeout that Otani had last night. Yeah, seriously. Okay, I can do that. Hey, what's going on in the, you know, in the Dominican Winter League? Hey, I can watch that. We College baseball on your iPad. College, everything just so baseball, saturated. College baseball, which, I mean, in our time at Baseball America, it used to be hey, there's going to be a college baseball game on TV this weekend. Great. And now it's something where you can watch pretty much again. There's more baseball now than you can consume, which is an awesome thing. But also the game, for all its faults, and yes, there's more strikeouts and all that, but... I mean, uh, last night, Aroldis Chapman in the ninth inning, and I, 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 I can't believe he got through that inning because, right? I mean, it is it is amazing when you have nothing, and I mean nothing left, and you're throwing a normal major league velo slider, eighty five to eighty six, That's right. and you're throwing ninety seven to 98. And everyone's like,
1: "You're gas." <laughs> yes, and it was. And he yeah, was, let's let's unpack the game a yeah, little bit because yeah, there's there's so yeah. much we could. Uh, maybe that'll because I'm not focused, so listen, maybe uh, maybe it'll help me focus yeah. a little bit. But um. A couple things uh, jump out instantly from that game. First off, uh, both managers were 2nd guest city. I mean, both of them. Uh, did you agree that Terry Francona left uh, Corey Kluber in too long? Yes. Okay. I mean, th- there's nothing managerial about that Andrew Miller was human last night. Andrew Miller right. did not pitch well. Cody Allen was awesome. Right. But Cody Allen was awesome. Would you have handled... Uh, the, the rain delayed differently? Or did you feel like they had to bring Brian Shaw back? It was a 17-minute rain delay. It wasn't that long. It was like a longer half inning.
0: I, I think they didn't have much of a choice there, partly because this was the point. It It's amazing how that game kept flipping back and forth from the standpoint of who had the pitching advantage. Right. The Cubs had the lead the whole time. so that The that, Cubs had the lead basically the last three games of the series, right. pretty much. Right. But if you look at it like... I, I don't like... So I'll, I'll throw it this way. Do you really... After a 17-minute rain delay, are you saying, okay, Trevor Bauer, it's
1: your game? Yeah, that's the question. And the thing is, Trevor Bauer Trevor was Bauer pretty good last. Was night. pretty good, but he, he was got pretty two good. big outs but, when I needed it. But he one got of the outs. Of but it was Jason Hayward. But
0: he got to face the bottom of the lineup.
1: This is true. And one <laughs> of them was Jason Hayward. It was like the spin. The spin is his kryptonite right now. <laughs> so like, he swung at one that was like because he looks like Superman sometimes. Yes. In the ninth inning, I know it was a, just a fielder's choice. He hit the ball hard. Beat the there was no throw because Coddling yeah. slide – so that's another yeah. part we got back. But stole second. got I mean, like Jason Hayward was almost the hero. Um but so so I, I think Terry Terry Francona has earned a lot of plaudits um throughout it, the postseason, so and he earned them all last night. I don't think he or Joe Madden had a perfect game. I think he might have had a better game managerial than Joe Madden, but JJ he still got left with the game on the line and Michael Martinez at the plate. I mean which, I, don't, I don't remember when he used he he, used, being, he could have used Naquin, even though he was, he had a terrible postseason. But he would already used. I mean, right? Yeah. I, but he pinch ran. Is that what? Pinch he did, ran he, Naquin. Yeah. So he pinch ran for Robert Roberto Perez at one yeah, point.
0: Yeah, I, I think that.
1: I, That's where you almost wonder, like, should he have pinched ran Michael Martinez? But they, but they had Martinez in there. Like they. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. They deployed,
0: but they did deploy Martinez. Like it's one of those things where what happened. I, I don't. I don't fault that from the standpoint of what happened. Is is you got to get to that point. And so they had they brought Martinez in because they basically they because they, Coco
1: Crisp can't, can't throw,
0: throw. and it's like we cannot lose the game. But that's because, what I'm
1: saying is like if you pinch run Michael Martinez instead of Naquin, then you have Naquin later to pinch hit and for defense, and he's better than Michael Martinez throwing. I mean, like, and it's not like Tyler Ankle wasn't your center fielder all year. So that's the one thing. I mean, I, I, yeah. we're all, well, well, I, the I'm, thing I'm I, the thing that I, the thing that I think Joe Madden had a worse but The thing night.
0: getting granular for Francona, I did not like the
1: intentional walks in that inning. In uh, the 10th? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you had to walk Rizzo. I mean, I, I know Zobrist is good, but Rizzo's better. Once Rizzo switched to Caesar's bat, which I don't know if you saw the yeah, dropped, and yes, thought, dro- he dropped down uh, in, two ounces and an inch, which, he was. up the bat. Hey, you know who could have used that? Francisco Lindor. He just looked exhausted at the plate in the ninth inning. I mean, Chapman did not have great stuff, but he was still ninety nine, and he just overpowered Lindor. Lindor was zero for five at the plate. He clearly had it when he needed it defensively in the ninth inning. At shortstop, a great play, an electric play. And I loved his reaction and everything. But he probably could have used a lighter bat. Um, but Rizzo was 16 for 37 after he switched bats. Oh, 16 again. for 37. I mean, I just, I would not have pitched to him in that situation. I thought that was the right move to pitch to to walk him and to pitch to over. So you didn't think so? I didn't think so, but mainly
0: because, and this was my concern, is is that you, I understand. I mean, I follow it. I understand the logic of it, but you you keep putting more base runners on, and the danger you run into is what happens, which is. You, you give up. You, two runs. You give up two runs instead of one, and we're still. We might still be playing if they. Right. You know, if they. Right. If that had not been that case. Now, but again, I do think the reality of it is, is that every move from last night, and it's easy. There's a lot to second guess. Cal Hendricks. Did he probably? Did Joe Madden probably pull him a little too soon?
1: A Shh. lot too soon. That was. That to me was the biggest. Again, and it was consistent. How the Cubs won the World Series, despite the fact that I think the last three games. I thought Madden handled their pitchers very poorly, to be quite honest. I thought he took Lester out too early in Game 5, but that's fine. But then it was that he went to Chapman too soon. I mean, you have other pitchers other than Carl Edwards Jr. and Montgomery in your bullpen. You can't no, get no, some no, outs in no, the seventh thing. No, no. you know. <laughs> he decided at the And then Game 6, we, we talked about it yesterday, was absurd. They paid for it in Game 7 because Chapman was exhausted. Again, the, the fact,
0: I know that he blew the save. But the fact that they survived that ninth. I, again, that stat that I came up with last night the was looking the at it. Because
1: the ninth wound up being a 1-2-3 inning. I know. But he had, I mean. He had, was not his best. Certainly. Not just not his best.
0: That was The stat came up with was, if you looked at, it's funny, Like I was tweeting out, like okay, that was 85, that was 86. He has nothing. Didn't he throw had,
1: seven straight sliders at and, one time? And point? I had
0: fans coming, tweeting back at me, it's because he's throwing sliders. And I wanted to yell back at the fans, but I didn't because I don't don't try to be mean on Twitter. But it's like, you do know that Aroldis Chapman doesn't throw 85-mile-an-hour sliders. And so I looked it up. This year, Aroldis Chapman, the year, during the regular season, 972 pitches, he threw 12 that were 85 miles an hour or less. Yeah,
1: yeah. Last night,
0: he threw nine.
1: Yeah, that's just That's
0: it. Rollis Chapman threw one pitch during the regular season that was 84 miles an hour or less, which was an 84 mile an hour slider. Right. Last night he threw three. He was literally below the level of velo that he showed ever. He was
1: gassed. He was worn out. He was quantifiably overused. He was quantifiably overtaxed. Like like, like Frank Thomas said earlier, it was a big ask. It worked out in spite of the fact that it was didn't work because but, he had a three-run lead in the eighth inning and he gave up a two-run homer to Rajai Davis. De- who, right, by the way, was, again, I loved to Rajai Davis was, you know, one it, for 25 but before but the last
0: two if bats. If Anthony Rizzo two, dropped down two ounces and an inch, Rajai Davis just choked up on the bat to, like, basically something. Like a two-strike approach by Anthony Rizzo.
1: Right. And he fouled off 99 and 100, I think. What's the pitch on the, the outside corner? Which I think was the only hundred that he. Threw I in mean, the- that was a, he. He f- spoiled mm-hmm. Chapman's best pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so the moves that we actually talked about yesterday on the podcast. I mean, it's not more like, well, geniuses or anything. Mm-hmm. they are pretty obvious mm-hmm. moves. The using Davis instead of Naquin and using Guyer. Although they started Chisinau, but going to Guyer. Brandon Geyer scored that run. He had a couple of hits. Mm-hmm. Brandon Geyer the, was he was good. Christian he should have played the whole for game. left-handed pitchers. He should have played the whole game. I mean, he's short swing, uh, good approach. He just, he just should have played more for the for the uh, Indians. I mean, he's not a profile big World Series outfielder. But he was good in this World Series. Hey, he, he, he was beat, good the postseason. He up
0: left-handed pitchers at over thousand OPS against left-handed pitchers this year. Yeah,
1: that's he that's did. It.
0: He did exactly that role. And the great thing they knew is is the thing about that game, which was also fascinating, is is. Because you knew you knew before the game started. Okay, here's the guys we're gonna face. Right. (laughs) You know you're gonna face Hendricks and Lester and Chapman. Right. And you knew that it was like we're not. You're not seeing anyone else unless it goes extra. It went extra, and we got Carliher's Jr. and Mike Montgomery. And you know, but
1: how about how about for for me, Kyle Hendricks? uh, Again, game seven. I, I really think they took him out way too early. I totally don't understand. Don't bring in Le- – I'm not going to bring in Lester in a dirty inning. I want it to be a clean inning. And he brought him in, and he bonked. I mean, like, you know, he couldn't – he couldn't do uh, – it was – I mean, again, was just it, brutal. I, I you, knew, you know better than you do it anyway. That's why that move was so – John Lester is a
0: great pitcher and a standing pitcher. He also is
1: – He has just, a
0: pretty big flaw. Let's just put it he's, – he's kind of almost like – I mean, he is – he has his quirks. Yeah. And for a guy who
1: needs his Russell Crowe will play him in the John Lester
0: movie. For 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 a guy who needs his personal catcher, for a guy who if the ball is hit, da- David Ross knows I got to go fifty feet to well, get the it. The
1: best part was like it's almost he was like uh, he was like moonlight Graham and at the end of Field of Dreams like if I leave the dirt of the mound I turn into an old man. He <laughs> like I mean he could not leave like I'm staying on the mound. <laughs> the ball's yours and then the balls hit back to this should have been double play and he just kind of like. Ball and glove I will just throw I mean like it just I mean it, he is a, and it, so that is what tells you like Brandon McCarthy tweeted earlier in the postseason that's how great of a pitcher he really is. is that, but he has a screw loose. <laughs> he can't get past it, and he's still this good. Mm-hmm. That is how good John Lester is, which is really impressive. We could go on But for, he's flawed. But he's flawed. But pretty big flaw. But
0: <laughs> with all that then after that, John Lester's like, "Okay, I got this."
1: Yeah, yeah, and he did get it. And after after that inning, he was really good.
0: He's like, he's like, "No, you just needed to give me a clean inning." Yeah, and but then by then the way, I mean again, David Ross. David Ross is not an all time great, but David Ross has. I, David Ross has tells you, one it tells of the, you how
1: hard the season is because he's clearly still capable of being a really good backup catcher. Oh yeah, but the preparation, just like. David Ortiz is clearly still <laughs> very <laughs> well suited to be a great hit? designated hitter. But everything that goes into the preparation and going through the season, that's what makes it – it has to be so hard. Because look at those two guys still performing at this high level at their age. Or just, again, think about it like a Burley or Dan Heron, or these guys who retire because it's just so hard. The offseason the grind the prep is, the grind. is so hard. It's just the grind is the grind. So. You know, But, um,
0: but okay. I mean, because we do need to wrap this up because, unfortunately, we also have to finish an, an issue. Yes. The question I'll pose to you, obviously we know that they kept talking on the broadcast, like, these are two teams who were built to be here multiple times. Right. And when I look at the Cubs, even with the need that they're going to have to, what they're going to have to do is, is they're going to have to keep figuring out if Kyle Hendricks can be anywhere close to this, again, it's huge. Yes. But
1: – And pick- I would hold on to that guy because in the two biggest games he had to pitch – Game 6 LCS, Game 7 World Series. Again, uh, to quote the, the Tim... the moment was not too big. That's right, but to quote Tim Corbin, uh, he had a good heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a really good heartbeat. So but, I keep him. But John Lester's under contract for a while.
0: But they're, that is a team that the rest of the National League knows we are chasing them, yep. and we're going to chase them for a while. And the Cubs most still have these, to
1: figure out the homegrown pitching, JJ. They but, still have to figure but, out
0: to maintain this. But most of these guys... But they don't even have to, though. They don't have to finish out, figure out home to They went out and got, they can go Some out. It would make it easier. It would make it easier, but they've shown we can acquire the. Mike Montgomery, I will tell you right now, is going to go from being Bowman yes. of Truth guy in the bullpen to, to key being key rotation. Key piece.
1: rotation piece next year. I, I agree. It's going to happen. They got him for Dan Vogelbach. And he looks suited to thrive in that role. Honestly, they, he looks. Prime to be a really good starter. They got
0: him for Dan Vogelbach. They it's can hard make to trades. They can
1: make trades like that
0: every year. And five years from now, we can go. Wow, that guy's really worked out well in the rotation. As right. Ben tweeted out, Ben Ballard for us tweeted out last night. They almost because Edwards ended up leaving the game, but they almost began and ended the game with a 2011 Rangers draft picks who right. they picked up.
1: I mean, just to me, like they're their best pitching prospects internally. I haven't started working, really, besides just some prep work on the Cubs' top 30. Um, but their best pitching prospects are, in full season balls, Trevor Clifton. Mm-hmm. They have Rob Zestrisny, mm-hmm. who came to the big leagues late. And I think will probably play the Mike Montgomery role in 2017 as Montgomery moves in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, or he could, you know, they could flip, they could keep Montgomery in the bullpen, and, and Zestrisny could be the starter. I, I think it's more likely Montgomery starts. But then the other guys in the organization, their best arms are short-season guys, Dylan Dela Cruz Cee. and Dylan Cease. You know, Dylan Cease is the best young arm, and Oscar Dela Cruz is probably the next best guy and is a bigger guy than Cease and has more starter traits, but, to use the Pirates term. So, But those are their – it's not a giant – That's there's a reason why they only drafted six position players in the draft this year but, and that all the rest of the guys are pitchers. They do want and need to develop homegrown pitching. They can do it without it. They can win without it, and they can sustain without it. Because their homegrown position player core is huge. And JJ, their, their homegrown position with Schwarber? player core is not even... So what do they do with Schwarber? Does he play left field? And what happens to Zobrist? They still have one guy too many. I mean, like, that's... To me, that's the thing. Is I, I still, they got one guy too many.
0: I still don't know right now. I know, you know,
1: with the knee injury, it does cloud
0: it. But... Do you really, like, they love versatility. Do you really still try to figure out a way to make sure we're a 25, 30 game? Like, pick To make pick, him
1: Evan Gaddis. Pick
0: him one, even <laughs> yeah. if it's one pitcher. Five, you know, every fifth day. Kyle he's Hendricks. Behind, he's that's behind, the guy he used to catch because right.
1: he had trouble with velocity.
0: Every five, fifth day, you put him behind the plate. He played, again, where you're rotating around, that, that's a possibility. But I, it's hard to see how you can get rid of that bat.
1: Oh, you cannot... I, mean, yeah. I think we saw in the World Series, they played four games with Schwarber and three without him. Record with Schwarber, line. three and one. Record without him, one and two. I mean, there's just no question that that guy is as good as Anthony Rizzo is and as good as Chris Bryant is and Addison Russell. You grade out the hit tools on that team, he's got the best hit tool. Mm-hmm. You grade out the power, he's right there with Rizzo and Bryant for best power and you just saw the savvy last night with a stolen base. I mean, like, I know he got thrown out a second. That was the night yeah. before. going well, to try to extend that. Trying to up. extend that yeah. one, but that's two outs. You're trying to get in scoring position. I know that you have Bryant and Rizzo coming up behind him, but that's what you're supposed to do. To, to take you, When you take a risk like that with two outs to get in scoring position, that guy is not just a great hitter, but he's a great baseball player. You just got to find – he's not a well-rounded baseball player, but he's a great baseball player. So if you, can, if you can be healthy and be your left fielder, to me, he's your left fielder.
0: But – so that's the Cubs. We know that they're going to be back. Yes, Cleveland. It's easy in some ways to say, "Hey, you know, this is a Cleveland team that did this, even without their pitching staff, because you expect Salazar to be healthy, you expect Carrasco to be healthy." I they have a they have a better farm system right now than the Cubs do. So they do have more. You know, even after making the trade, the fact that they didn't make the Lucroy trade right. ended up really helping them because it meant that they held on to Mejia and Ch- I mean, they they they. they, they It it helped them because Greg Allen, there's guys that they kept who are valuable guys who they ended up not needing LaCroix, it would appear. I don't think you could say that Jonathan LaCroix would have been the difference. Maybe he would have, but, you know, it's hard to say.
1: Well, they they kept some prospects and then said we'd go get Andrew Miller. They probably wouldn't have been there. I think postseason-wise, you'd rather have Miller than Lucroy, Right, but... Um, but I mean, those were two different packages. Right, I, mean, those, I There was no
0: one involved. It would appear that it was.
1: But in- would they have made the Miller deal if they had made the Lucroy deal? I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't would know. think That's you probably would. A lot of would've. prospects. I, I don't. I don't think they would have. But, what? But
0: I do look at them and say, I don't think the National League. It is like the Cubs are here, and everyone is going, okay, we are two steps behind trying to catch them.
1: Yes. In the American maybe one, but yes. I mean they do have the deal with the Dodgers. Right. The Dodgers have as much money or more money than the Cubs. But and they have resources, they have prospects, they have Kershaw, they have Seager. Right. That could be an epic battle for right. the next 5 years between those two franchises. But
0: you look at the American League and I do not look at this Cleveland team and say this is Oh, they're
1: steps ahead.
0: Right. No. They 90-
1: 98 million dollar payroll so they're in the 20 to 30 range of payroll and the Indians were uh, 28th in attendance they'll in do, Major League move Baseball up from this that year. Next year. But I hope so. They were behind Miami this right. year. They're behind the good guys. I mean, come on. But so I hope they make a big jump next year. But they have
0: more work to do. They Correct. don't like you look at this Cubs team, and literally it is it is it's almost it is maintenance because as you said, they have too many position players right now. Even with you know you, you can't figure out how to fit everyone in. Right, you look at Cleveland and you say, "Okay, you really, they need to fix that outfield."
1: Right. Well, you, you, you pieced together. You look at Cleveland. And you're like, "Okay, you hope Jan Gomes becomes old Jan Gomes again. Mm-hmm. You, you could use that." My Napoli's thirty four, thirty five, and he looked in the World Series. It was not a factor and, offensively and, and in the series. And they've got
0: an answer, maybe long, maybe long term, but Bobby Bradley or, Is, or 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 Mejia. I mean, let's be honest. Who? They're who's or more Carlos athletic, Santana, or you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, they've got. But they have guys coming, th- but they're they're always they're still a year. Or Those two are in life. A ball.
1: Those guys are in high yep. A. And Bobby Bradley for back to back home run titles in A ball. Strikes out a lot. He strikes out a lot. And he hits two thirty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like him, but I but don't love him.
0: But yeah, you can't say okay. Well, he's Jason
1: in, Kipnis is getting close to thirty. He's twenty nine, he, maybe thirty. He's twenty nine season. But he's cornerstone guy. He is, but for how long? I mean, like the main thing is that they have a core of pitchers, but they saw how fleeting that can be. And they have Lindor. And they have Lindor, and they have uh, Jose Ramirez. Is 20, both those guys are 22, 23, 24 years old. And, and they have the key thing about all of this is is that, hey, the
0: Cubs, Oral Chapman did the job that they wanted him to do, and now he hits free agency. They have the Miller. Indians are like, we, don't, we, have, we have Andrew Miller, and we get to keep him next year.
1: And I mean, this On is- the mound, the Indians are set for the next year or two, you would think. But pitching is more fleeting. That's why the Cubs method got them so good so fast because they built through these cornerstone position players. And, I mean, out of all the players on both these teams, who would you want to start a franchise with? For me, it's Chris Bryant. As good as Francisco Lindor is, it's Chris Bryant. And the next guy might be Lindor, but the next guy after that might be Russell. I mean, Addison Russell's really good, and he Mm -hmm. still has so much room to get better. And he had six RBI's in Game 6 of the World Series, so... Um, the Cubs are gonna. I do. I agree with you. I think the Cubs are gonna be good for the next for the foreseeable next five years. I think the Indians probably will be. But, but the they have more the the work do to have
0: The advantage the Indians have right now is that you look at that division and you say, okay,
1: which has sent, which has won the pennant. By the way, the, the American the, the, League it's for the, the last five years. It's the American
0: years. League juggernaut right now. It yeah. is for the last five years. I, that's amazing. Tigers
1: with a pennant, Indians with a pennant, two for the Royals.
0: But you look at it and you say, okay, the Twins are really uh still a ways away in their... The Twins are about to get blown up. They're starting over, essentially. Yes. But they do have a young core of some sort, but they are starting over. They're not... They're, they're not, not a am- factor for they're the not next three years. For, they're not right aiming for 17. They're aiming for 18 or 19. And I would say they're not going everything... to be
1: a factor for two years at least. But,
0: okay, the Royals have really one last shot. Yes. And... That, that team's blown up at the end of 2017. They could get blown up in the middle of 2017. Right, they could be blown up in the middle of 2017. I understand. You can't blow them up now because you are crazy when right. you are one year removed from back-to-back World Series appearances and a title. You keep them all together and you try one more time. Correct. And everyone there knows, okay, if you win, if you win 65 games in 2018, everyone, when Dayton Moore walks into the stadium, everyone should pat him on the back and say, Thank you, Dayton. Right. I love the trophy. I love the you know the exactly. you know, it's great. Well, I love my memories. Right, I'll go back and watch the games again. That's right. But so they're they're not going to be a long term challenger to the.
1: I don't see how they're long term challenger. The, to the, the Tigers have the third or fourth highest payroll in Major League Baseball in 2016, and they need to blow things up. Unless they go forward in 2017 themselves. But, and they don't have a farm system to, to, to stay with the, the... You have it sitting right in front of you, don't you? know you have the twins. I have the Tigers sitting right in front of me. That is one of the
0: bottom five farm systems.
1: You know, it is. I thought coming into the process, I was like, hey, they had some guys no. at Lakeland. No, no, they don't. It's, a, no, it's, bottom, a, it's, it's a, a bottom five to seven. There's no question. So you have them. And the White Sox, again... Oh, that's a bottom five farm that's system. That's a bottom
0: five farm system. So, and, a,
1: and, a, and frankly, a process that just doesn't work consistently you know so just, uh, so logs. that the advantage they have is is you look in their division and Cleveland again
0: I could see Kansas City <laughs> their last spurt yes
1: they could I mean or the Tigers or the Tigers the Tigers do to the Tigers advantage they still have Cabrera and they still have Verlander yes and those two guys are still great yes Ian Kinsler still had a great year right. this year they do still have key pieces to contend in 2017. But the key pieces they thought that they were getting to be this next waves: Jordan Zimmerman and Justin Upton. Zimmerman got off to a great start, They got hurt and stunk, and Justin Upton had a, like a good month and a half into the, they, end of the if year. If they could
0: trade Justin Upton, they probably they'd do it. But but you look at the American League and you say if if, I, if you if I could buy stock in Boston right now or New York or New York for the next five years rather than Cleveland. They have advantages also.
1: Or Houston. Or, or Houston, Texas. Or Texas. I mean, so yeah. they have more competition in the American League than the Cubs have in the National League. I agree with you on that one. But the Cubs could be a dynasty, and uh, well, the that Cubs hasn't right been now, said for a long time. The funny thing
0: about it is, is that when you look at what they did last year also, because you don't erase what they did last year. They've, really. won
1: 90, they've won 200 games the last two years in the regular season. They are, They are right now,
0: they are one more... Hundred win World Series champion away from it's a dynasty at that point. I agree. You could be they could do much more than that. But when you talk about the dynasties, especially dynasties in the free agency era, you know,
1: again, you talk about to them. me we've had two dynasties <laughs> of the free agency era um, that stick. Out. Well, I guess because uh, to Three. me the Big Red Machine was pre. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, who, who besides the Yankees and the Giants? Who's the third?
0: I, I give the Braves. There are they are a they are a flawed dynasty,
1: but. Well, that's a tough call. That's a whole other podcast. Were the Braves a dynasty? Because if they had not won one, you could I guess so. But but you are talking about a team. Fourteen
0: division titles in a row is insane. Fourteen division titles in a row. Yes, and you're you are right. talking about. I mean, that especially that early nineties where you say, okay, you went in ninety one, you went in ninety two, you win in ninety five, you went in ninety six. I mean. That is that's four, a dynasty. four-world series in six, se- seven don't seasons. Don't compare to the Buffalo Bills because the Buffalo Bills never won. Because they, they won, won. it. I mean, again, they, they don't win it in 95, and it's an entirely different story. But you win it, and you go all those times. It's a dynasty.
1: I would agree. The Cubs could be four, and uh, it's further proof uh, of, to me of uh, uh, the strength of the sport, the but, health of the sport. But, and, by the
0: way, it's crazy to say, I'll throw to, but if the Royals did bounce back and win it again next year... You probably
1: have to throw them. You the have dynasty. to throw it I in agree. three
0: World Series and two titles. I and don't think. Years I being mean, being... they're not favored to do that anyway. But if right. they did that, three three World Series and two titles in four years, you're a dynasty.
1: I'll just say that the I'll throw this in the Hollywood Reporter story that I'm seeing. I'm sure it's elsewhere. In metered market results, the the, the, the uh, game seven got a massive 25.2 slash 40 rating. I don't know TV, but I just it's know a 40 share. So it's 40, 40 share. So just comparing comparing it. The Super Bowl got a forty-nine slash seventy-three, so right. half the Super Bowl, which is fine, but it's bigger. It's a sixty-six percent increase over the twenty fourteen Game Seven, which was um, epic. which was which was big, which was a good rating at fifteen. Right. Uh, so um, the November one game, Game Six, the best Game Six since nineteen ninety seven, twenty three point four million ratings in Chicago, fifty one point five rating. So. I- it's Pretty big point, deal. Do
0: they have a slash on that? Cause, I mean, I, I can't They're imagine gone. what is the TV in Chicago yeah. that was. You know, I think it was
1: two million people in Chicago were watching the game. So that's a lot of people. It's uh, a very lot. Because uh, I'm just trying to
0: imagine like being in Chicago and not watching that game.
1: So in the 2004 World Series, the Red Sox sweeping the Cardinals that got a 25.4 million dollar, uh, 25.4 million viewers on average for that series, which. Um, the 2014 World Series, the, compared, so compared to 2014, this, this series was up 63% in viewership. So the Cubs are a big story. I do think that they, well, the, this series was great for baseball. The with seven games, was great for baseball. And then the Cubs, it was hard. Every, every, the Cubs had to earn it at every step. They had to overcome the Giants. They lost the game to the Giants and had to overcome uh, that, that ninth inning deficit. They had a six-game series with the Dodgers. The Dodgers certainly tested them. They were down in that series two games to one. Down in this series three games to one. They earned it. I don't think the I don't think the Indians choked whatsoever. No. I, I thought the Cubs overcame but, a lot.
0: Now the one thing that does that does mean now is, is that Cleveland now Cleveland is now the long-suffering baseball franchise. No question. But at the same time,
1: <laughs> they're masking their glow of their their Cavs. If they had not had LeBron, I can't imagine how oh. awful that would have been. By the way, who was fired up. Who, oh yeah, no, that was maybe the best shift of the game.
0: But also, Jairus Smith taking you know, like taking off his shirt to you know help. Uh, yeah, I mean we,
1: that's that, that that started the rally. Yeah,
0: kick started the rally. There's no who, question. Who, you know, you can do your cap backwards and upside down, and all Smith's like, "Shirts off, okay." Right. John <laughs> Davis, here we go. But but yeah, what I'm gonna fun. say is, is that we now having in our lifetime. I mean, this is to me maybe the way to wrap this up. Just think about there are literally. There were generations right. of fans in Boston and Chicago who dreamed their whole life of getting one time to celebrate a world championship.
1: Yeah, making it, fun of the Cubs and Red Sox droughts that defined baseball writing for a long time and a long. Uh, it was always it was omnipresent. You couldn't talk I, about baseball without talking about what, the Cubs and Red Sox droughts. For some reason, the White Sox drought didn't register, but whatever.
0: But guy, you look at that and. Like, watching last night, after which, there were some great commercials afterwards. Watching this morning, I tweeted it out. The Cubs official, Yeah, you know, that like, was good. The one with they, Eddie Vedder singing? No, the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, with the going fans and all that yeah. and showing, you know. Everyone listening to this, if you are old enough to remember the Red Sox also, you've witnessed something that literally generations of fans dreamed of and never got to see. Right, right. And... You don't even have to be a fan of those... I mean, unless you're... I understand you're a Cardinals fan and this just, like, cuts to the core because you're like, no... We enjoy being the dominant national League team, and you know our rival basically never winning. I understand that. Right. Like that's that's rivalry. I get it. Like if I, I could not say this about the Ravens winning a Super Bowl and going, <laughs> oh yeah, I feel so good for the Ravens because I, I get it. If the Cleveland Browns won a World Series, I almost would that like oh pat them on the head. Oh it's so cute they did really you know, that's, okay that I that's they're crazy. they're so they're so downtrodden. Like I did actually tweet <laughs> after. That's what Steele's got left to do. The next the job Browns. is, I know Depot's there, a baseball guy's there, but the next job is Theo. I would say
1: what's next for Theo is the run for president. Right, so.
0: but, but Theo basically goes, you know what? The Browns are the last remaining, like, you know, yes. completely downtrodden franchise. I'm going to take them to it. I'm going to bring it back. I like um, Clippers. But, yeah, that's, 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 that's a bridge too far. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but it is something where you, you look at this and say, you don't have to be a fan of the Cubs to enjoy watching cubs fans i mean there was a great video tweeted last night of uh, i think it was a woman who videoed her her 81 year old grandfather who's a lifetime cubs fan and like his reaction afterwards like they you know like they did it 81 he is in whole whole life it's like okay is this ever going to happen you this is great for baseball but i there is this slight bit of it is a bummer in some ways in that I am sorry, Cleveland forty eight is not the same. It's not the same. We we now have we've we've checked off the last of the basically okay, the
1: teams who had not won one since World War One. Right, the ones who the ones who were ascribed to curses. For some reason those things that maybe it was just the literary well, uh the the, the the literature about both franchises. a lot of, a lot of authors made a lot of money yeah, basically those things based have, off curses. That's and it. Those curses. things I, I was saying with Matt Eddie in here the other day, like how different would Baseball history be if the Red Sox had won in sixty seven or if the Cubs had won in sixty nine, you know how different would things have been in the way that these franchises were viewed or uh, some parallel universe,
0: huh? Would it be worse? I think it would be worse for baseball.
1: Yeah, I think so. So I think those uh, and exercising those demons, I think is great for baseball. And you need those storylines. What's next? I do think it's a Cubs dynasty and them being like the Yankees in that they're the team that everyone has an opinion of. And I'm totally stealing this. For Mike Greenberg, I mean, I thought of myself, but on Mike and Mike, he said this they'll be the team that you either love or you hate. There'll be no in between. They'll be the, the, the national team in the major leagues, along with the Yankees and the Red Sox, and they already kind of were, but they'll be, I think everyone will have a more of an opinion well, about them, and that, I think that's good for baseball. The, the one last thing to remember with this, and we keep trying to wrap
0: up, but it's hard to because this is just too fun to talk yes. about. But the last thing to remember with this is the, the other part of what the Cubs have done. It's not just that they've rebuilt the organization as far as talent and all, but much like what happened in Boston, this has been an organization that has rebuilt the revenue streams. Yes. They've kept it at Wrigley, but Wrigley in 2016, 17, 18, 19 is very different than Wrigley in 2005, 2006. Right. And so, what that's also going to do is the Cubs have always, the Cubs' problem in many ways has always been, the the Red Sox problem partly was racism. Um, no, for a not long time. partly.
1: It was not massively. Oh, racism. we don't have that
0: Willie Mays player. He cannot yes. play for our team. Clearly, he's not talented enough to do this. But the Cubs problem was is that for the longest time they were a big market team that was run to. Yes, the Tribune a, Company was penurious. They knew <laughs> we're selling out the bleachers whether we win sixty exactly. or hundred and five. That's right. And they were run that way for so long. They're right now, they're being run as a or team. winning in, matters first. Winning matters first and where the revenues will match and the, and the spending will match because that is a cash cow. That's right. And they've turned Wrigley. They're turning Wrigley. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. a the footprint, it. but they're doing what you can to turn into the cash cow that it should be.
1: Right. So uh, they didn't even do so – I think that tells you how good the Cubs were. They didn't even do everything right in this series. And they oh. still won it. And they, um, they win 103 games in the regular season. They win the World Series. That's a, a pretty doggone good year. And, this, and 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 I don't think it'll be the last doggone good year for Cubs fans. But I would love to see a rematch. I'd love to see be, um, the Indians back, retooled, and let's let's see them awesome. healthy with Carlos Carrasco, and Danny Salazar, full strength. It'd be fun to watch. It, it, this is fun. Again. Tip of the cap to the Indians to Corey Kluber. Andrew Miller, all those guys who've got the uh, Francisca Lindor. Very fun team to watch. And Baseball America listeners, thank you for going
0: along with yeah. us through this postseason podcast ride. You know, this has been fun doing this every day.
1: We still got to post that 18U one. We got to talk AL, AL East top tens. Yeah. We got to talk That's AL what AL I think Central we'll start top doing 10s. is this. Yes.
0: You know, Give us your feedback. Tweet it to us at jjcoop36 at John Manuel BA. Email it to podcast at baseballamerica.com. Yep. Let us know. I mean, we, we're thinking about keeping this like. Hopefully shorter than this, but like maybe yeah. maybe tomorrow we knock off Baltimore, man, and then you know we just something like, daily like but uh, but if you're a baseball America subscriber, we thank you, baseball America reader, this is also great from the standpoint of this is what you saw being built, like this Cubs team, the Cubs were an all time epic top hundred prospects. Yes. We, and we we've wrote been, about that. We've been telling you they were, we're coming. Chris just like Bryant, we told
1: you that the Royals were Chris coming. Chris Bryant,
0: Addison Russell, Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber. These are all top 20 prospects not that long ago. And the year before the Royals win it, that was an all time top 100 team with Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakis and Will Myers yes. and Danny Duffy and Mike Montgomery, who got right. the save last <laughs> night, and all that.
1: Kinda, kinda, I don't
0: mean. And now we're going into the next offseason, and what we're trying to figure out is. Is, the, is this Yankees, you know, is this an all-time... sticker? Thanks you for sticking around. Thank you for subscribing. That's why we do what we do. We appreciate all the feedback, and we enjoy doing this. It's fun to be able to do this and talk about baseball and write about baseball, and thank
1: There's you. There's no question. Um, so thanks. Give us the feedback. Well said, JJ. And thank you for uh, talking about it every morning with me, and we hope you guys enjoy it. So we'll be back on the next podcast. For J.J. Cooper, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you next time. So long, everybody.
0: This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun?